0: Hey Peers, it's Michelle. I've got some exciting news. The Peers Project has just produced a podcast for Red by Moddy Body, the iconic period underwear brand for tweens and teens. In this new podcast series, The Red Tales, we share stories celebrating the messy and iconic parts of our teenage years and bodies. Every fortnight, we'll be joined by a young Aussie who isn't afraid to open up, laugh, and celebrate the time they got their first period. Stood up to their first bully and recovered from their first heartbreak. So make sure to tune in now to our podcast for Moddy Body, The Red Tails, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Or just head straight to the link in this episode's description. Now let's get into this episode. This is the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by The Peers Project. Hello peers. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle O'Kidenor, founder of The Peers Project, millennial entrepreneur, world traveler, podcast expert, and forever your fellow passionate peer. Each week, Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. Too often, the big, audacious goals that we set for ourselves can actually make us feel stressed out. Instead of being inspired by our vision, we can feel overwhelmed and confused over what our next step should be. But don't worry, peers. Our next guest is here to reveal how we can identify our next step and commit to it with fierce passion. I'm super excited to welcome Jacqueline DiGregorio onto the show today. Jacqueline is the founder of Clarity in Action Consulting, a motivational speaker, and the best selling author of Getting Out of Your Own Way. I'm thrilled to talk to Jacqueline today about how she built grit in the face of failure, the idea for her first business, and how all of us can take our first step towards fulfilling our passion. For those of you who haven't yet, make sure to take a screenshot of this episode right now, post it to your Instagram story, and tag us at The Peers Project, so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs. Okay, without further ado, here is my conversation with the amazing Jacqueline DiGregorio. Jacqueline, welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you.
1: I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. Of course. You know, you
0: and I connected several years ago now through the NextGen community over in the States. And when I looked into you and all the incredible work you've been doing over the years in the entrepreneurial space, I knew I had to have you come on the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Of course. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor.
0: Awesome. So look, for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. So I'm an author. Um, My new book is called Stop Getting In Your Own Way. I'm a motivational speaker and I'm a coach. I work with a lot of women, especially entrepreneurial women who have big dreams. And my mission is really to help them expand their income and their impact because I really believe like we can have it all and I am 25 years old. I feel like I'm living my dream life already and I just want more people to be able to have the courage to really leap into that.
0: Oh I love that and I cannot wait to dive deeper into your work, your book and all of the goodness but before we do I thought I'd start with a question which I've often found to be very insightful and revealing and that is where did you grow up? And how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far?
1: Yeah, so I grew up in a small town outside Philadelphia and it's been incredibly impactful. It's a really supportive community and over the years with different opportunities and leadership roles, I really learned a lot about grit, about getting back up when you fail, about the power of you know people coming together for something they're passionate about and it really taught me so much just about that community aspect. And that's why like helping women and being with groups is so important and central to my mission. Um, And it's really special to me actually, because I went away to college. I, I um, went to Georgetown in Washington, D.C. I spent a semester abroad in Florence, Italy. Um, and after all of that, I decided to come back here. And recently, um, about six months ago, I actually bought a house here with my fiancé. So uh, it's pretty special to be able to kind of plant my roots in the same place that I learned all those lessons. Oh,
0: I love it. It's, it is super special, I think, you know, where we grow up, where we grew up and and kind of everything we learn in our early years really does play a role in kind of shaping who we are today. So I think, I think the question I've got for you is, you know, in those early days where you were just navigating, you know, living in a small town, but then also just navigating life, what were you like? You know, were you quite ambitious? Were you entrepreneurial at those early in those early years? Or were you just kind of doing life and, and making the most? Talk to us a little bit about Jaclyn, the early years?
1: I love this question. And the reason I love it so much is because I actually recently came across a really profound discovery about purpose. So if I can share that little story with you um, quickly, it'll kind of help me articulate what I was like when I was young. Um, so I did this exercise. I heard it on Jenna Kutcher's podcast with Dean Graziosi, and it was essentially about asking yourself the question why over and over and over again until you come up with your purpose, and I did the exercise with a friend, and at the end of it, I really came to the conclusion that my purpose was to be a ray of sunshine and just bring light to other people, and through every interaction I had, I would do that. And it was really powerful for me for two reasons. Number one, because it detached my personal self-worth from my career, which as an ambitious person, I used to believe that I was my accomplishments, but I know that's no longer true. And even if I have great accomplishments, that's awesome. But I'm so much more than that. Um, And number two, the reason why it was really so profound for me is because that's who I've always been. So I remember like when I was a little kid, like... I would walk in the room and like everyone be like, oh my God, like she's so happy. She's so cheery. And, you know, I remember in high school, I got this scholarship at graduation and it was one of those things where you didn't know who was gonna win it. Um, And they described the person and they said, this girl is the ray of sunshine of our high school. And I'm thinking back to all these moments. I have always been the same exact person I was, that I am today. And I truly believe that I was born with my purpose. And I think our purpose is just rooted and who we are. And so I've always been ambitious. I've always been happy and cheery. I used to send inspirational quotes to my friends. I've always believed in the power and had big, big dreams and wanted more for my life. And it's just who I am innately. And while sometimes that intimidates people because they think, well, then you're just naturally motivated. There's a lot of work I've had to do. I wouldn't say I wake up motivated every day. I wouldn't say I have courage every day. I have to put myself out there and challenge myself. But to my core, the spirit and being I am is the same little girl
0: that I once was. I think that's so powerful and thank you so much for sharing that with us. I think you know so many of our peers out there listening often think well I don't know my purpose is like I'm just 26 trying to go through life and like just graduated or whatever it may be in my full time role or you know and 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 perhaps you know our peers out there listening are actually kind of interested in figuring out, well, what is my purpose? But I think it's so powerful that you said that it's really, it does show up at the early ages. So I guess my question to you is, what advice would you give to our peers out there listening around finding their purpose and figuring out really to the core who they are?
1: Yeah. So really what I would do, it's funny because I actually didn't even realize it, but I found my purpose when I was doing a lot of work on branding Um, And specifically personal branding, because I did a lot of market research on asking family and friends, like, if you could describe me in one word, what would it be? And so my podcast is called Spark Your Light, Before I Knew My Purpose. Before I did any of this, because people were telling me light, sunshine. And so I would recommend just talking to your loved ones and ask them, like, what impact do I have in your in your life? You know, some people are really good listeners and like their purpose might be to hold a space for people when they need it. Um, you know, I find like funny stories and coincidences in my life that really do align with my purpose. Like I can find myself so many times in the grocery store. Uh, you know, checking out and someone starts spilling to me something about their life. I'm like, you are a stranger, but I feel this need to like brighten their day. And and then I'm executing my purpose. So I would literally just go back to the people who matter the most to you. And I would ask them a basic set of questions, maybe something like number one, um, if you could describe me in one word, what would it be? Um, what is the impact that I have on your, on your life? And um, what, specifically do you believe that my zone of genius is because I think like the the way that you things that you're naturally really good at are the things that are related to your purpose so naturally I don't if you don't have to try at it like I don't have to try to make someone smile when I come in the room and I'm like hi how are you and they're like Oh, your energy. Like I, how many times have I heard something about your energy? I hear that a lot because it's natural and everyone has that in them. Yours might be different than mine and that's okay. We're all different. So really just asking those basic questions and, and journaling too, like journaling about um, why you want certain things and going through that exercise of once you come up with, so let's say, why do you want to build a successful business if you are an entrepreneur? Because I want to impact people and make a lot of money. Why? because I want to feel fulfilled. Why? Because I want to feel like I'm doing more than, you know, maybe this past version of myself that slacked off did, right? I don't know. Stuff's going to come up for you. Hard stuff, stuff that you have to work through. Maybe you want to give your future children a better life, but whatever those things coming up are, eventually they're going to lead you to that purpose. So I would, I would start by, you know, just interviewing those around you and also spending some alone time journaling on those things.
0: So great. And I just think it's, it's so valuable to do those things. I think so many of us get caught up, you know, we get caught up in kind of on the path or on the journey of what we're supposed to do. And we go to the great universities or colleges and we get the degrees and, you know, we then get the job that we kind of uh, were told is kind of the right way to go about things. And I think. Not that there's anything wrong with that at all. If that's if that's you know what makes you kind of shine and do what you want to do, you know, it makes you you go for it. But for those of us who feel that perhaps that doesn't feel a hundred percent, I've you know, for those of us who feel like oh, I could be doing more, I think the exercises you've given around purpose is so valuable. And I think, I think the question I've got is is the courage to actually once we have identified those things, go out and potentially act on them. You know, for you in those early days, even when you were at Georgetown, you know, you were 21 when you started your first business, you mentioned it. How did you kind of gain that courage to actually act on your purpose?
1: I'm so glad you asked about this. Courage is one of my favorite things to talk about. I'm actually giving a TEDx on it. It was supposed to be uh, last week, but it got postponed due to coronavirus. Um, But it's going to be in August or September. But basically, the main theory that I have behind courage is that most people think that courage is about removing fear. But in reality, fear is a part of what keeps us alive. And it's actually essential uh, you know, fear alerts you when you're hungry or when you're in an actually bad situation. And so we can't get rid of that fear. It literally supports our life. So rather than remove the fear, we should focus on adding belief. And so I think that the biggest thing for me, the reason that I was able to take a leap of faith, start a business when I had literally no experience, uh, graduate college and not take a job, move back in with my parents Um, and try to build this thing was because I had enough self-belief in my ability to figure it out. And I think that came a lot from my childhood. I was really lucky to have parents who were constantly encouraging me. One of my dad's favorite sayings that I probably heard like a million times as a kid was, you can do anything you set your mind to. And affirmations rewire our brain through repetition. So because my dad told me that so many times, I believe it. I truly believe that I can freaking do anything. I am resourceful enough. I have grit. I'll figure it the heck out. And so that belief got me started. Now, I will say there were many times where I didn't want to keep going and I had to find that belief again, and it was freaking hard. And so my advice to you to find courage in those times Once you've already taken the leap and once you fail, because failure is absolutely inevitable, it is the key to your success. It teaches you the lessons you need. When you feel so down and so low from those failures, my recommendation is to take it a step back and just focus on what's the next step. It can be really intimidating to see that whole staircase when you are down. And it's okay to be down. Let yourself feel the feelings. Let yourself cry if you need to cry. Whatever you need to do, stay in bed for two days. I've done it all. But then I say, okay, what's the next step? And some days my next step is literally, Jacqueline, go take a shower, put on some clothes, go outside, and go for a walk around the block. Like, that's it. Just, like, take care of yourself. And then after you finish that, it's like, what's the next step again? Okay, my next step now is going to be a brainstorm. For 10 minutes, I'm going to free flow ideas The thing that I tried didn't work. How can I come up with another idea make something else work and operating from possibility rather than desperation and, and just step by step asking myself, okay, what's the next step? Um, and by doing that, you can find the courage because all you need is enough belief to take the next step. And the more you take the next step, the more you build that self-belief. So it's really like a self-fulfilling prophecy and it's really a positive one.
0: Oh, so great and i i just couldn't agree more i think i think it all it all links you know it's the courage that links to the self belief that links to you know and i think it it's almost like we need we need to tap into each of these different things in order to actually continue to progress yeah so i love that you mentioned that i guess my next question to you is what actually was that business you started at 21 you know where did that idea come about why didn't you after college, go and actually just get a normal job. Like, talk to us about that time there.
1: Yeah, this is a a fun time in my life now, looking back, but it was really hard when I was in it. So um, the summer between my junior and senior year of college, I did a corporate internship in marketing, which I thought at the time was my dream. I quickly realized that nobody cared about my opinion. I was going to be doing like busy administrative work. And at that moment, I had a very small dream. Most people think like all of a sudden you get this like revelation and you see this like huge dream, but that's not how it started for me. Maybe for some people, not for me. In that very moment, I thought to myself, okay, if I graduate college next year and I get hired here at an entry level position, realistically in Philadelphia, you know, the average starting salary in marketing corporate America is $40,000 US dollars for the year. So I thought to myself, I wonder if I could make $40,000 myself working for myself and feel more fulfilled because I wouldn't be doing this boring administrative work. I would actually get to use my creativity and make decisions. And that sounds really awesome. And that was my goal. That was my first thought process. So then it came, the second thing was, okay, well, what the heck am I going to do? So every day, it was August, right before I went back to school, and every day I would write down a new idea. And at the time, I I was very, very, very single-minded. I didn't have a big, broad idea of entrepreneurship. Literally, all I knew was Shark Tank. This is no joke. Do you guys know Shark Tank? It's like a US TV yes, show. Yes,
0: okay. okay. Aussie okay. version. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so that was all I knew. Like we didn't have entrepreneurship classes at Georgetown. Um, other than one I ended up taking my senior year, once I had already like made the decision to start my business. And so, uh, you know, in my marketing and international business major, I didn't learn about like actually building your own business. So long story short, I thought I have to have come up with a product. That was the only thing I could like physically conceptualize. So I was like, okay, I need a really cool product. And then I can go on Shark Tank and then the rest will be history. You know, like, it's like, once I get the idea, I'm good. So I would write these ideas every day. And eventually I came up with an idea that I thought was really good. Um, I had struggled with disordered eating, dieting, body image for a number of years, especially in college. And one thing that really, really helped me overcome that was learning how to eat a balanced meal. And the reason that was so important for me is because uh, I struggled with binge eating the most. So um, it was actually like binge eating disorder. And I would spur that on from like under eating basically and eating really, um, Unhealthfully portioned meals. And so I worked with a dietitian, and we actually would make plates that were like portioned with fruits, vegetables, carbs, dairy, all the food groups so that it would make me feel full, make me feel satisfied and I wouldn't binge eat. So anyways, I wanted to create a plate that would help people do that because I found that dieting was such a big problem. And if you only just, you know, ate a satisfying amount of food, you wouldn't struggle with overeating. You wouldn't struggle with dieting and disordered eating and the whole spectrum. So long story short, I created this plate. It was a pineapple. It was really cute. And it each kind of section encouraged you to eat a different food group without saying it. So it was like creative and artsy. Um, Long story short, I found a factory to make the plates they wanted $10,000. I did not have $10,000. So I got a job on campus waitressing. I waitressed um, at our like campus restaurant bar for uh, the whole year, actually. But after the first semester, uh, my parents asked me like, how's it going? How much money have you saved? So I was able to save about $4,000 in one semester, which I think is pretty good for a college student. Um, And of course, I needed $6,000 more. So my parents said, okay, well, you know, we want to help you out in some way. We really like support this idea. Can we loan you the $6,000? And for a lot of people, they're like, oh, of course I'll take that money. But for me, like I grew up um, in a very middle-class family where I saw my parents struggle with money often. And so $6,000, like that was a lot of money for them to give me. And I felt really guilty, like, oh no, I need to make this work. And then of course my plates were a total failure. I, they, they were a quick live success. I sold them to all my family and friends on a Kickstarter. It was awesome. And then I tried to market them to outside people and nobody cared. Nobody had the same problem that I had. Um, they there were also a logistical nightmare trying to ship this really heavy and really fragile product, lots of issues with them. Um, and so, you know, a couple months after that, this is when I was at that low, low where I needed courage again. Like I borrowed my parents' money. I lost it. I don't know what to do now where the heck do I turn next? And I was at that low, low. So long story short, because I think it's helpful to like see a picture of someone else because it, it shows what's possible for you. I decided, okay, now I'm going to try an app. I talked to all my friends on the college campuses and I did market research and I asked them like, why, what do you need? And they said, well, we like your plate idea, but we're not going to like carry the plate around with us when we're out and we want something that's more, um, you know, useful every day. So I was like, okay, I'll create an app again. I had no experience. I didn't even know what it meant to create an app. Fortunately, I had a little bit of money from a Kickstarter that I was able to put towards um, these local developers who were going to work on the app. Long story short, they created an app. It didn't work. It crashed. It had bugs. Um, so I was like, okay, these people are out. Like, next. So then I partnered with a local university. I was able to win this uh, grant and this program where the students would work on the app. But they're students, so it's not like they're, you know, that advanced with coding. And so they kind of half finished, but it was like half done. And so then by the second app that didn't work, I was just like, I'm done with the app. Like, I pivot quickly. Um, sometimes it's a really big strength and sometimes it's a little bit of a flaw because I could stick with my goals a little bit more. But if it's not working, I'm like, I need to change something. It's not working. Um, so I take that as, as a lesson in, in each sense of it. Um, it's gotten me to where I am today. So I'm really thankful, but I have learned to actually stick with things for a bit longer if I really care about them. But what I learned about the app is that it, I was going to need to raise venture capital and really invest a lot of money into this. Um, and it was a different business model and strategy. It was more of a strategy to like build a business and sell it. And I realized like, what was I going to do then? Like I wanted to work for myself, right? That was the whole point. So that's when I started shifting towards a personal brand. And um, I met a girl named Jess Ekstrom and she's a speaker. And I took her online course about speaking. And I'm like, I think I could speak. So I started traveling to college campuses and speaking about my eating disorder, um, raising awareness for body image and confidence. And that really started to stick. So that was the first thing in my business that started to kind of work. And I'm like, okay, something's finally working. Um, and then what happened truly honestly is that I slowly began to lose my passion for food and body image because I was so far removed from the challenges. Like I had been out of college for two years now. I hadn't had those struggles in like six years and I just, I wasn't getting on the stage super passionate about it anymore. and And I felt like I was being pulled somewhere else and I was really being pulled towards you know, entrepreneurship and helping women follow their dreams and achieve their goals, build businesses, whatever it is they want it for their life. Um, I was so passionate about mindset because of the mindset I built over those two, three years of failing and getting back up every time and building that grit. And so long story short, that got me to where I am today. Wrote two books in the process, um, lots of failures and lots of successes now that I can proudly say, but I've only gotten them because of all those failures and because of that grit to get back up. So that's my long journey.
0: No, I love it. It's fascinating to hear. And I just think it's so valuable. I think You know, so many of us or our peers out there listening might look at your book and your accolades and all the mentions you've gotten in Forbes and et cetera, you know, and just think, oh, well, she's just got it, you know, like she was just meant to do that. It's for me, I mean, I'm probably going to fail, but it's just hearing about actually the struggle and the grit that you had to build and the perseverance and persistence that you had to develop. I think that those are the key things that are really, you know, almost like, the success out of all the additional success you've built for yourself. And I just think so many of us look at failure or we look at, you know, um, having to move back home with our parents or we look at, you know, all, all the all the things that aren't very sexy and aren't very pretty and we just think, oh, well, you know, like, you know, how can success come out of that? You know, how, how does that even work? Um, so I guess my question, so I think it's really valuable what you shared and I really appreciate it. My question to you is, when you're in the dark, when you're in those really tough times and you're navigating your first business venture failed and your second one failed and you invested money and you were back at home and you're, you're just like, where am I even going to get more money for the next venture? What am I going to do? What do you do? What mindset do you have to be in to keep going?
1: Michelle, something you said to me last week when we talked has literally changed my life. And I have been trying oh, it this week. And I think that I, I definitely had been doing this over the years without consciously recognizing it. But when you said it, something stuck. And I truly think it is the best advice. And you told me that when it gets hard for you, you just close your eyes and you picture the vision. And I did that without even knowing it over the years. Like I had this feeling feeling inside of me that I was meant for more, that I was going to be this really successful person and impacting so many lives. And I, my vision wasn't quite clear back then. Like, especially when I had the deep failures, I didn't know what I wanted to do, really. It, it, it was messy, but I had this feeling. And to take it a step further, like even recently, like I fail every single day and I set the most ambitious, crazy goals. Uh, today's the end of quarter one as we're recording, and. Every single quarter, my fiance and I, we set goals. And so at the end of the quarter, we'll reflect on the goals from, you know, the previous 90 days and then we'll set new ones. And I posted about on Instagram and I said, yeah, tonight I'm going to reflect on many, many failures, falling short on many goals because my goals are so freaking big. I always fall short, right? But that's okay. And so since you told me that last week, every time I felt down, I have literally pictured myself sitting at a table there is a line of people so far that I can't even see. The people just disappear. They keep going. And I am signing books and I am giving them out. And I have two, I have a couple scenes, but that's one of them. And I just go back to that vision. And so I would really say for those of you who are down, like, get clear on what you want. It's going to take a lot of work, it's going to take a lot of journaling. And I remember, like, I used to feel pressure. Like, I don't know what I want. What's my 10 year vision? Don't take it as a pressure thing. Trust that your higher self, that your intuition already knows what you want. It takes mental notes every time. You know, you smile when you read something. You you know, you, your heart skips a beat when you you see someone doing something that you think you could be doing. You already know. Everything else is a BS story. You know deep down inside what you want. If you can picture it and get clear on that, great. Don't put pressure on it. But whatever you have a clear picture of, even if it's just like, I'm financially successful and I can take my family out to dinner and pay for the bill. That's great. Picture that. Picture your mom's face when, when you're like, I got it, mom. And they're just so happy and so thankful. Like, just picture that vision. I'm I'm literally tearing up, you guys. Like, this is true passion. Um, but if you just picture that, like it, it really does make such a difference. So thank you, Michelle, for giving me that piece of advice.
0: Oh my goodness, it's so flattering. Thank you. Honestly, I just think the ability to be able to connect with like-minded people, even if we are on opposite sides of the world, I just think is so valuable. And I just, you know, I, I, I never take any conversation I have with anyone, you know, any one of these amazing people, including yourself, for granted. So I'm so grateful that you found our convo last week so impactful. But, I mean, I think what I love most about you and kind of this journey you're on and what you're building is just that sheer passion you know, I think so many of us feel like, it comes back to that, what is our purpose? Am I even a passionate person? Like, I don't even know. And I just think, I guess my question to you is, you know, how have you developed that passion and that passion just for life for one, and then for two, for what you do? And how can we learn to get really clear on our purpose and then have passion?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, Constantly learning has really helped me and The way that I've been able to find what I'm passionate about is really reading and listening to others who are passionate about the same things. And I didn't quite know what to read or what to listen to. So I just started broadly, you know, like any personal development book, any nonfiction, I would read it. I would read about someone's life and their accomplishments. I think one of the first books I ever read that was like nonfiction was like Mark Cuban's, it's a really short, like 80 page book about his life. And I was like, wow, it's so cool that he like was like sleeping on his, um, friend's couch. And then all of a sudden he sold his company for millions of dollars. And like, you know, I could do that. And like the things that like slowly light you up. And the more that I read and the more I consume, I start to keep this mental log of what really speaks to me and what I really enjoy. And then also what I personally relate to the most. And I don't resonate with everything. I think some things are awesome. Like, uh, my fiance is super into like Investing and in real estate. And I think it's really interesting. And I always tell him, like, my job is to make the money and your job is to grow it. Um, but, like, that's not, that's nonfiction. That's learning, but it's not my cup of tea. Whereas I'm more like, I want to manifest a magical check and I want to think about like grit. And, you know, so the more that you open yourselves up to learning, the more you will know what you like. I have seen so many. People that I look up to. And what it's done for me is show me what's possible for me. So if I read a book like Rachel Hollis's book, and I thought, wow, how freaking cool is it that she's so vulnerable and shares like these embarrassing things like about herself and her relationship? And when I read that, I thought, I could do that. Like I could share and I could help people. And so you get these kind of intuitive nudges and I, I'm a, I'm a very spiritual. I'm a huge believer in listening to your intuition. You kind of just know, and I can take it really far. Like I have signs that come to me in dreams that I literally act on. Like I am, I am real crazy. But even if you just listen to like the pull in your heart, the trust your gut that mama told you to do when you were a little kid, like it matters. So I would say be open to content, consume, make it like a commitment, I used to get like really caught up in like, but I have to be working for like a certain amount of hours every day. And I've had lots of periods of burnout and workaholism and all the things, but I don't do that now. I don't track how much I work. I have a morning routine. I work during the day, depending on what needs to be done. Some days are longer, some days are shorter. And I always prioritize reading. I always take off on the weekend and I try to read a book a week, which is really crazy, but I think is one of the reasons that I am where I am today, because I have that knowledge inside my brain. And then if you're in the space where you want to help others, which I think all of us want to help others in some sense or another, I think it's like innately tied to our purpose because you probably won't feel fulfilled if you're not in some sense helping other people. Um, And so any way that you want to help others, even if you feel like, okay, but Jacqueline, like my job is, I don't know, to, like you're a sales rep or something for something that you feel like, how much is it really helping others? Like I'm selling, I don't know, cars. That's the first thing that's going to my mind. Even though cars are really helpful and important to us, let's just say that's your path right now. And you're like, what is consuming this content about like personal growth going to help me? Because you never know like what conversation you're going to be having with someone. They mentioned something, you clearly hear a limiting belief in what they said and you can help them. Right. And so I think there's just so much power in, in learning, constantly learning And then listening to what you're being pulled to and just trusting it. Like the reason I made so many pivots is because I was just like, okay, I'm going to do that. And so many times my parents thought I was freaking crazy. I told them on Christmas day that I was like giving up my app, that whole business. And I was going to become a professional speaker. And they were like, are you okay? Like, are you on drugs? Like what the heck? But I just kept trusting it. So consume and trust.
0: Such good takeaways. I was just laughing there because it's so funny. I feel like I've had a similar, or well, obviously we've all had our own past. But when you when you say you just kind of followed your intuition, you're like, I'm changing, I'm changing. I've actually been through a similar thing where it's just like I'm being pulled to this now. This is right, and that's right. The market's asking me to do that, and that just feels better than that. And I think appreciating that there's nothing wrong with changing our minds. You know, I think those of us who have chosen a path. And we think, oh, well, we're so deep now. You know, we've been here at this job or in this career path for two, three, four years. We've done maybe a degree before that. How could I possibly change now? Like, you know, what why would I do that for? I'd be considered crazy in quotation marks. I think it's so valuable to understand and to learn that that it's okay to change your mind and to make a pivot. And, you know, I think. I think from there, you almost come to a, you're almost just a bit more content with yourself when you actually do make that change. What advice would you give to our peers out there listening around gaining the courage to make the change?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. And honestly, I remember feeling a lot of shame I, around that change because that was the biggest one I ever made. Like I literally, I dropped the name, my my Instagram became me, I, I, everything. Um, And I was so worried about what people were going to think. Did they think that business failed? God forbid they thought that. Um, And I'll tell you what worked for me. I'm going to be fully transparent on what worked for me. What worked for me in that moment where I was so filled with shame and fear. And I I wish like the ideal thing would be like, remove all the shame and fear. Do all the inner work. And we could go on and on about that. But if if you're in it and you're like, how do I just move forward? I found a quote that really resonated with me. And it's, you're the author of your own story. And I thought, what if I can frame this in a way that I feel good about to the public? That way I feel confident enough leaping into it. So when people ask me, you know, what is this crazy thing you're doing, Jacqueline? You just let go of your whole business. I said, and and it was true. Nothing was made up. But it's the story I chose to tell was, Well, every time I would speak about my eating disorder at colleges, I would talk about how it opened me up and it gave me the freedom to pursue my dreams. And then so many people would ask me, well, how do I start a business and how do I follow my dreams? And I felt that I really needed to help them in that area. That was all true. There was a lot of other stuff going on too. Now, in that moment, that's all I could say. Now looking back, I'm super open about it. I'm super vulnerable about it because I've built the confidence and I've done the inner work to let go of shame, to let go of the fear of what people think. I really don't care what they think. There's lots of people who don't like me. That's okay. There's lots of people who think she's a total failure. What is she doing? Is she ever gonna give up? But I'm not. I'm still here. And that's okay. But in that moment, what I needed was just to craft a story that was real and genuine, but also that I felt good about because it it gave me the courage that I needed to hold on to. And I think that was really valuable.
0: So valuable. 100%. I love that. Okay, cool. So as we kind of progress through this interview and conversation, which I'm loving, I want to dive a bit deeper into that transition you made. So, you know, you, you kind of alluded to it just then, you know, you were like, oh, people were asking me. So I decided to actually that, that they're the people I wanted to serve. I decided to serve these people in a different way. And, you know, you recently, obviously actually about two years ago now started Clarity Action Consulting Company. And then off the back of that, your recent book. So talk to us a little bit about the transition there how you, you know, what did you do to kind of get this consulting company off the ground? What are those initial steps that you took?
1: Yeah, so I definitely had a lot of imposter syndrome because I'm like, okay, I want to help people achieve their dreams, but I haven't achieved anything. That's what I thought, even though, you know, like at the time I had already written a book and done all these, uh, you know, admirable things, but my bank account was not showing it. I was still at home. Um, you know, I, I probably had multiple years with negative, uh, profit. So it's like, how can I help? So I have always leaned into the things I felt confident in and that's where I started. So I was like, okay, well, what can I help people with? And most of my audience, I started a lot more niche. So I started very, very specifically niched on female entrepreneurs, people wanting to start businesses. Most of my audience at the time had an idea they wanted to start, but they didn't know how. So I taught them really basic things like, here's how to build a website. Here's how to set up your business bank account. Here's how to register um, for a legal company in the US. Here's how to, um, you know, get your first client. Because I had recently gotten my first client. And so I just taught what I had kind of recently done and what I what I knew 100% that it could teach. And then I started to grow from there. And the more I was able to help people. The more I was able to achieve, like the more I was able to broaden. So since then in the past two years, there's a lot I've been able to accomplish in a lot of different areas. And now I'm able to help women who have goals in all kinds of areas of their life. Cause I've really boiled down a science to manifestation, to setting goals, to achieving your goals and that whole process, no matter what area of your life it is, but That took me a really long time to get to. So my recommendation would be if you're someone who's kind of just starting on a new venture and and you're kind of feeling like, where do I go? How do I start? Especially if your venture includes your knowledge in some sense, just start where you are. Like build, I literally guys taught people how to build Wix websites, like very basic. It was nothing. It was like drag and drop. That's great. Now change the colors. They'll look a little better. And like just being their cheerleader, like it was basic, but just, just be where you are, teach from what you know. And the more that you grow, the more that you can help. And that's what I just kept committing to. And again, like trusting that journey as it, as it took me where it did
0: so valuable so great I think so many of us just overcomplicate it and we think oh well or even we just undermine ourselves we're like oh well I don't know I've never built a successful business I I failed so many times like how could I possibly and I just think it's almost the narrative that we tell ourselves you know that as you said you can change you can change that story to other people and to yourself so I think that's just yeah that's so valuable there so talk to us a little bit about the progression of your business. You know, over the two years, how, you know, you said you kind of just started all to stack up, you know, one win led to another. How did you kind of, where did you grow it to? Where is it at now? And kind of timeline like for you?
1: Yeah, so... It was a combination of having <clears throat> what I would call overnight success, and clearly it's not you guys' heard my whole story. Um, <clears throat> but you know, moments of like huge wins. Uh, so my business is on like what's caught what I call a launch model, where like we launch different programs, courses, and so like we'll have a launch, and you know we'll bring in like over fifty k in a day, and it's like. Oh my God, like I am the first time I did that, I was just like, what even is my life? Um, and and it was it was a lot of emotions to process because I remember really vividly. Um, it was actually my first 20k month. That was my goal. I hit the goal on the last day. and the next day, I woke up and I was like, I don't feel any different. What's wrong? I thought this was gonna feel really good. And I had to go through like all the now new beliefs that were coming up about success, the success that I had been dreaming of for so long was like bubbling up inside of me. And so I had to do a lot of work around money and like what it meant to me, as well as learning how to manage it. Because while we brought in a ton of revenue, we had our six figure year last year, we spent a lot of it because I went from managing like, I don't even know, maybe like max a couple thousand dollars in a month, to 50,000. And it's like, what do I do with this? And it's like, oh, we need to reinvest. We need to do all these things. And I mean, there were just so many lessons. So I would say like, where have I come in two years? Um, we've grown, we hit six figures, we've did all these wonderful things and we're continuing to grow, but really where the most growth was is internally. I completely transformed my money mindset and, uh, really like what my success means. I think I was always successful and I didn't realize it. And what made me successful is like really my ability to get back up, not my ability to win. Right. Um, as well as like learning how to manage money in a business, how to save for taxes. I, I tax, ta- I don't know what taxes are like, and I'll show you, but taxes <laughs> in the U S um, for businesses, they're, they're kind of high. Like the more money you make, obviously the more taxes you pay. And so like, we didn't save enough. So now it's like, okay, now I need to, you know, take money from this thing and put it towards our taxes. Like just like all the things um have come up so you know I, I want to be really transparent knowing yeah we've had like financial success especially in the past year um that's you know what enabled me to buy my house with my fiance and it's been really really wonderful um but we've also still had a lot of challenges there's this saying new level new devil I think it's really true like every time you up level there's more hard and and that's okay. It's just a part of it. Uh, we've had challenges with hiring. I mean, lots of stuff. Um, so that that's the real and raw for you, because I think that's really important. Um, where we are today, we're uh, going to be launching a course soon, really promoting my book and focused on mindset, manifestation, achieving goals, especially for women, because that's what I'm most passionate about.
0: Oh, I love it. And it's so, I guess, inspiring and just it just feels so real when you say it all. You know, it is super inspiring, everything you're doing, but it also just feels like this is just someone that has big goals and big dreams. Like you're just someone who has that and you just have failed a lot, but you've also now succeeded a lot. And it's almost just like, that's just part of the process. And I think it's so valuable for our peers out there listening to understand that and internalize that and know that if you are going through that failing streak, if you've just started or whatever it is, that won't last forever. And there will be a time where it does switch but then you've got a whole new set of issues and problems that you probably never even thought would come up. So I just think that's so great that you've articulated that for us. I want to dive now into your book. Talk to us about the writing process of it. Talk to us about what it's about. What can we expect from it and the inspiration that you gain to actually write it and create it?
1: Yeah. So it's called Stop Getting In Your Own Way because I really feel like one of the reasons I failed so many times leading up to basically the past year was really my big breakthrough year, um, 2019. Leading up to that, the reason I failed so many times was because I was literally standing in my own way. Like I was holding myself back. I had so many habits and limiting beliefs and fears that I allowed to control me and I don't think I realized it. I kept thinking like it was the business, like the app wasn't the thing, the plates weren't the thing, but really what needed to change was me. Um and I was able to articulate 10 of the fears, bad habits and limiting beliefs that really held me back and the specific process that I used to overcome them. And what I think is really cool about the book is I Purposely did it in a really light and fun and easy way. I think that like lots of people overcomplicate things. I think like if I'm going to write a book, like I need this like profound strategy. And like I think of Mel Robbins' TED Talk, the five second rule. It's literally the most simple thing in the world. And I wanted to emulate that feeling in a whole book that really focused on helping female entrepreneurs achieve their goals. Um, And so. That's kind of the essence of the book. The writing process was hard for me. Everything I do, it's like the more I do, the more that comes up. It's like whack-a-mole. And I'm so self-aware of fears and limiting beliefs now. Like, poor Richie, my fiancé, like, he hears all the time. I'm like sorry, I got to go journal on this lemon belief that came up when I was in the shower. And he's like, what the heck? Like, just want to talk to my fiance. And I just, like, I'm so aware of them. You guys probably have them because you're human, but you just may not be aware of like, I literally have multiple come up in a day and I just work through them. I leave them in the past and I keep going. So when I was writing the book, it was like a whole spew of them was coming up. And the biggest one was perfectionism. I had to be perfect. I rewrote the manuscript three times from scratch, like delete everything I wrote we're restarting. It's not good enough. Three times. That was so, so hard for me. I pushed back my publishing deadline two months. I was literally overbooked, overwhelmed, about to have a big launch traveling. I was in Ohio for a speech at a college on the airplane, trying to finish a week past deadline, like all the feels. Um, And, you know, I just let it go. And I'm going to share something on here that's hard for me because I always believe in pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, so my fiance, who obviously loves me, read my book and he told me, Jack, is there supposed to be this word there? And I'm like, Oh Oh, no, my editors missed an error. And I was like, just like so upset. And I was like, wait a second. This is supposed to be here. Like, this is a teaching point for me. Like, you're going to read my book, hopefully, if you're listening to this, and you're going to love it. And it's going to change your life. And you're not going to care about that error. And you might not even find it. I don't know what page it's on. I don't have it memorized. If you find it. Smile when you see it and know that we are all imperfect human beings, and um yeah, so the whole process brought up a lot of overcoming perfectionism for me, and it's just I'm so grateful like everything happens for you because if I didn't overcome that perfectionism, it would hold me back from creating something in the future that people need because I was so worried about it being perfect um, so that was kind of the process and yeah, it, it came out in December um and we're getting a lot of really awesome feedback so far Oh. I love it.
0: Once again, it's just how real you are and how just your ability to just speak on exactly kind of, you know, your struggles and even with the book and we just so appreciate it. I think, honestly, it's when we do get real and it's when we do just have these open and honest discussions and conversations that, you know, it's when we do that that people actually can draw value from it. So I hope all our peers out there listening are really taking all of this in because I definitely am. Um, love it. So look, Jacqueline, oh my goodness. Look, Jacqueline, you've accomplished so much over the years. We really appreciate you for sharing with us your story, your journey. You know, you've now, you're now a best-selling author. You're a motivational speaker. You've spoken at hundreds of conferences, universities across America, and you've done a TEDx talk, which we'll obviously link up in the show notes also. I guess, a final question I've got for you, I've got a couple more to go. The final one, I, I one of them I do have is what advice would you give to our peers out there listening who have big goals, big dreams and big ambitions exactly like you do but perhaps they're hesitant to take the leap, to take that first step and because they're scared of that fear, fear of failure, what, I guess, core piece of advice would you give to them?
1: If that's you and you're listening, I want you to think back to the first time you had this hope or dream in your heart and and maybe say it out loud, like how long ago was that? For a lot of you, it might be six months, a year, five years, maybe even 10. And I want you to ask yourself, what would have happened if you would have went for it and taken the first step then? Because the truth is, time will pass anyway. And if you don't take action literally today, you are wasting your precious time. It's gonna go by anyway, and five years from now, you're gonna be exactly where you are today, still listening to podcasts, still thinking, what if I go for it? Just take the first step knowing Hey, this dream is really big. It might take me 10 or 20 years to accomplish, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to fail my way forward. I'm going to learn. I'm going to build grit, and I'm going to have fun while doing it. Every day I wake up and I tell myself, I am living my dream life, and it's not because I've accomplished everything I want to accomplish. Well, you might look at me and think, oh, Jacqueline, I wish I could be where you are today, You know, I wish I could be where Rachel Hollis is today. We all have big dreams, right? We all have big goals. We all want to be somewhere else. I can't say that this is exactly my dream life yet in that sense. But the reason it's my dream life is because I wake up every day and I commit to those dreams. And the fact that you get the opportunity to chase your dreams, like there there are a lot of people in the world who, who do not have that luxury. Like that's freaking amazing. Don't waste a second. Because the world needs you. They need what you have to say. They need the products or services that are in your mind. They need whatever that passion is in your heart that you want to contribute to the world. But every day you don't do it is another day that pushes out the day that you're actually going to accomplish the big dreams. And it's already been so long, and if only you just would have started the first time you had the idea. Don't let that keep happening. Make the decision to just start today. And when I say that, I literally mean take the first step. I remember when I made the decision... This wasn't really anything profound, but I decided I'm going to form my LLC, which is like what a business is in the US. And I just went online and I applied for it. And that was my first step. And I was like, I have a real company, even though I did nothing. And the next day I was like, I'm going to start an Instagram account or whatever I did. You know, it's just small things every day. All I'm asking is for you to take the first step, knowing that your big dreams are worth it.
0: So well said. So amazing. So look, Jacqueline, as we come to the close of today's episode, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you for all of the incredible work that you've done and that you're doing, for showing us that it really is possible to dream big and to chase after what we want and actually make it our reality. And so, you know, for that, we we just really appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much for having me here. I am just so overjoyed to be able to share what's in my heart with you all.
0: (sighs) Love it. Great. So our final question is how we finish every episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. And that is, what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I think the value is the ripple effect. Because when you fill up your own cup, when you do things that bring joy to your soul, it spreads to every single person in your life. So now you have more energy to give to your loved ones. But the ripple effect of it is, not only do your loved ones get it, but then maybe say like, for example, I come home overjoyed because I just had this amazing podcast interview and I'm just feeling so fueled and I I go downstairs to have dinner with my fiance and I just spread my joy to him. And he's feeling so joyed. And then he has a call with one of his co-workers and he spreads his joy to that co-worker. And then that co-worker spreads joy to his wife. And then she spreads joy to her sister. And, and it just spreads. It's this ripple effect of light. And that's what I truly believe. Like we're all light. Um, my purpose is to spark yours. And I hope that you feel a spark and you can spread yours with others because it's that ripple effect that, literally like lights the world on fire. Oh,
0: Jacqueline, ladies and gentlemen, we have had a blast. You are just amazing. And we so appreciate you. Where can people learn more about you and your book?
1: Yeah. So if you're listening to this, you obviously like podcasts. So my podcast is called Spark Your Light. My book is called Stop Getting In Your Own Way. It's available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. And you can find me on social media. I'm at Jacqueline DeGorgiorio.
0: Perfect. We'll link them up in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much, Jacqueline. We have had a blast. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Piers, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Piers to Piers podcast. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do which is our way of saying inspirational. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify or any app where podcasts are played and leave us a review. We produce with passion and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers.